This week's episode is brought to you by the Silver Shamrock Novelties Company. It's almost time. Put on your mask. It's communicable weekly. Mortals get geeking with float around ghosts and five-headed ghosts. It's communicable weekly. Pinches get creaking. I'm sure you already know it's the greatest online show. Hello, and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the spookiest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. We're supposed to have two heads, right? Yes, because two heads are better than one. Jeez, but I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And guys, if there was ever a time to do this, it would be the Halloween episode. Ghost whistle! Okay, I got that out of my system. It, it just amazes me that some simple throwaway line that we had in the show has taken on humongous and frightening proportions. It has taken frightening proportions. It scares me, especially yes. when I'm walking down a big thunder trail and I hear, Woo! Ghost whistle! So if Communicore Weekly ever does a haunt, I think people should expect the ghost whistle. They should do, whistle they'll, we'll just bring them into a dark room and then a light will come on and it'll be me and I'll do that and then they walk <laughs> out and we go, thanks for coming guys. That's it. I think people would pay. I would pay for that, but I'm something, crazy. Something for that. Something. You know, something. A shiny shekel is what they will pay. <laughs> but this is our third annual Halloween episode and we like Halloween episodes because mm-hmm. it's spooky and scary. And we- we have that great theme song. We do have that great theme song, Yay. which was updated this year. It sounds great. I love it. it. So, uh, you want to talk about some crazy Disney urban legend spooky stuff? I think we should. Let's do it. It's time for Disney History. Taking a slightly different look at Disney for this year's Halloween episode, we'll be looking at some pretty crazy, spooky Disney urban legends that have been circulating for a couple of years now. So do us a favor and turn your lights off, light a candle, maybe get some flashlights on, you know, make make it a little spooky. Uh, um, Communicore Weekly Disclaimer, unless you're driving or on public transportation. Yeah, leave your lights on uh, yes, please. If, if you're driving, because that would be bad. Um, so, of course, none of these things have ever been proven, which is why they are urban legends, but they are all a little bit spooky, and of course, because it's Halloween, there are some that can be considered legitimately scary, and they do deal with death, so it may be a little too much for little mouse ears, but we do our best to try to explain the truth behind them, but we just wanted to give that little warning. Oh, I thought this was a segment on that band. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. What band? That one that plays ska music? Oh, no, so not suburban legends. Urban oh, legends. We're looking. Legends. We're looking at urban legends. Ah, uh, gotcha. Well, they send us a nickel every time we mention their name, right? That's true. They do. Like, like our friend Nikki. Yes. Yes. yes Just like nickel. that. Awesome. Okay. Well, first up, 
there's been a rumor for years about a lost black and white Mickey Mouse cartoon that appears to show Mickey in hell. It's often referred to as Mickey Mouse in Hell or Mouse Suicide. And as the story goes, the first two minutes of the film show uh, a Mickey in his very early animation style, looking awfully sad, walking through a residential or city landscape that repeats every few frames with random piano noises playing in the background. And then after that, the screen goes black. And up until a few years ago, that's all anyone ever thought it was. Just a nonsense cartoon loop featuring Mickey doing absolutely nothing. But when film critic and Disney historian Leonard Malden was sorting through the old cartoons for a collection, he had it transferred to a digital format. And he noticed when it was transferred that the cartoon was actually 9 minutes and 4 seconds long. And not just the 2 minutes of Mickey Mouse walking in the beginning. So he decided to keep watching past the first 2 minutes. In the 6th minute, the cartoon suddenly reappeared from the black screen, but this time the noise in the background was more like a strangled cry. Sometimes a woman can be heard screaming. It goes on and grows louder over the next minute. The picture starts to warp and distort, with the buildings and sidewalks stretching out into all sorts of impossible angles, and as it continues, Mickey's sad face curved up into a sinister smile, bit by bit. Now, by the seventh minute, the gurgles turn into this blood-curdling scream, and even stranger things start to happen around it. The picture starts to distort a little further, and colors that just weren't possible with the technology of the time start to appear on the screen. And Mickey's face contorts even more. His eyeballs sort of droop down closer to his chin, and his smile starts to distort and stretch upward on the left side of his face, and it kind of looks like a demonic, uh, like, demon thing. But the scenery continues to stretch and break away in ways that human physics just don't really work, and the buildings get more deteriorated as time goes on. And the film footage of torture and people screaming begin to fade in and out from the background as well. As the story goes, Moulton was too disturbed to watch the rest, so he asked someone else to watch the end of the film. Unfortunately, they never got that far. The distorted screaming on the film kept up louder and louder until about eight and a half minutes into the film. In some versions of the tale, Mickey kills himself at the end. In others, he continues to become distorted. But either way, after that, it abruptly stops, as the image is cut away to the normal Mickey Mouse uh, face that you see at the end of every cartoon, accompanied by sounds of a broken music box. Now, whatever is in that very last 30 seconds, no one except that poor person taking notes ever found out. And at the end of it, he supposedly came out of the screening room mumbling, real suffering is not known seven times before ending his life. What is known is that a Russian phrase that roughly translated to visions of hell bring viewers back appears at the end of the film. Of course, if you search around the internets, you can easily find many copies of the film floating around, and, of course, each one is completely different than the last. There has never been any truth to this legend, and it's believed to have originated on 4chan back in the early 2000s. Even though it's not real, some of the videos claiming to be the real deal are awfully creepy. Yes, they are. Now, next up, we have a story that reportedly takes place at Disneyland on It's a Small World. Now, an image appeared online in the late 2000s with a short tale underneath it. And whoever wrote it claimed that they visited Disneyland in 1999 when they were 12. 
and when they were riding It's a Small World, toward the end of the attraction, the show lighting went off and the work lights came on, and the animatronics stopped moving and cast members and red overalls came to assist guests out of the boats and toward the emergency exits. A voice came over the loudspeaker saying, Disneyland thanks you for your visit and apologizes for the inconvenience. Please evacuate in an orderly fashion, keep looking forward, and follow the instructions of the staff. Thank you. The person went on to say that the cast members wouldn't answer any questions as to why it was being evacuated, but that there were ambulances and a police car at the exit. Now, the person went on and said that his mother still had her camera at the time, and as they were being escorted out, continued to snap photos of the attractions, trying to get all the details and use up the roll, the last roll of film. You remember when that was on film, <laughs> when it wasn't all digital? That's what they were using. So the last picture she took was actually of the ceiling, and after the roll was developed and they went through all the photos, they noticed something really odd about that last photo. Apparently. The photo showed what looked like someone hanging from the ceiling of the show building, dressed in red overalls and a yellow shirt. No one knows who it was or why they were up there, only that they had ended their life in full view of anyone who looked up. Of course, this story can be debunked as well. The red overalls are a red herring, since the cast members at Small World do not wear them. And a few years after the story and, and the photo surfaced, it was found that the image was actually from Joyland in China, which features a very creepy small world knockoff. And the thing hanging from the ceiling in the photo is actually one of the animatronics from that ride that was hung from the rafters as a cruel prank by one of the workers there. Sure, and the thing that caught my attention first was there would a cast member would never allow you to take a photo when yes. a ride was broken down. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay, so moving along we arrive at the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. One of the prevailing stories for years is that the white hearse out front, which appeared after the 1995 refurbishment of the attraction, wasn't just any old real 19th century hearse, but the actual hearse used to carry the body of Mormon leader Brigham Young to his funeral in his grave in 1877. Now, it's a really great story. Unfortunately, it's not true. Um, there were records from the time that show that his body was actually carried on a platform by clerks and employees to his gravesite, and no wheeled transport whatsoever was used. Um, but that said, the actual origin of the hearse is unknown. Disney actually bought it from a collector in Malibu, but he no longer had the documents to show where it came from, and the manufacturer's plate had, was long since removed, so its point of origin cannot really be traced, so that part is still kind of a mystery. And finally, what would a Halloween episode be without a ghost story. A photo was posted online of a young boy looking out of the right side of a doom buggy, looking back toward another where the photo was taken from. The caption with it said that the person who took the photo brought their night shot equipment on the ride with them at Walt Disney World with the specific purpose of taking ride photos of the Haunted Mansion. After documenting the ride, they put the camera away for the rest of the night. Now, later on, when they were going through the photos later that evening on their laptop, they came across one that looked odd to them, something that they claimed was not there when they took it. And of course, it was the photo of that boy. The photo was taken in the first hallway of the attraction, the one with the portraits changing during the, uh, the lightning strikes. And it appears as though a child is peeking his head out of the doom buggy and looking directly at the camera. So not only does the photographer claim that the child was not there when he took the foot picture, but there wasn't anyone else on the ride with him, period. The doom buggies before and after him were empty because it was late at night. There was no flash, uh, no visible light coming from anywhere, and the camera was all it was taking infrared photos and everything was invisible to the naked eye. So a little bit strange, not sure if that one's true. 
It could be, who <laughs> knows, ghost children. Exactly. And we've heard lots of other stories over the years, and we would love for you to share some of your favorite urban legends or ghost stories about Disney parks. Yes. I mean, have you heard the one about Port Orleans by any chance? Perhaps you have. Perhaps. Well, we may say that for next year's episode. Yes, we may. But call us on the Communicore Weekly Ghost Line at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. And tell us about your favorite Disney urban legend or ghost story. Ghost Line! You don't know what you know till we know you. There's one little fact we bet you didn't. One little fact we bet you didn't know. So this year, there are 26 dates for Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween, starting on September 1st. But back in 1973, you could only celebrate Halloween at the Magic Kingdom on Saturday, October 27th and Sunday, October 28th. So what could you expect during the Halloween celebrations? What about a complimentary ride on the Haunted Mansion with the purchase of Magic Kingdom admission? Because they use ticket books. And Halloween parades that are frightfully funny, as well as a souvenir poster for those under 17. Now we g g g g g ghost know you. He's a nerd, he's a, nerd. He's a geek, he's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. Ah. It's George's book of the week. This week's book is Disney's Haunted Mansion, the pop-up book by Chuck Murphy. Not Eddie Murphy? Oh. No, that was a good tie-in. How did I miss that one? I don't know. How did I miss that one? Okay. Um, Chuck Murphy was the author. It was published in 1994. Charlie Murphy? <laughs> I know you're trying to stretch the episode out a little bit. I'm just, I'm just trying to help you out. There is a Charlie okay. Murphy. There is a Charlie Murphy, yes. So uh, this book was published in 1994, and it only has eight pages. Go figure. Eight pages. Okay. So the Haunted Mansion pop-up book it's probably the shortest book that we've ever reviewed or will ever review on Communicore Weekly, but it might be one of the coolest and the spookiest. Okay, so the Haunted Mansion pop-up book is really, it's a wonderful read, and I, I mean that loosely, uh, for children and adults who love the spooky house. It, of course, will not take long for you to read, but you're going to spend a lot of time admiring the effects and how they translated a few of the more popular show scenes, show scenes into a pop-up book. Okay, so with eight pages, they're limited, of course. And the show scenes that are included are the internal queue and the stretching room, the conservatory seance circle that includes a hologram Madame Leota, which is pretty cool, the ballroom scene, the attic, and finally the graveyard scene. So all the essential scenes they have all the essential ones. in there. Exactly. Okay. Um, each scene has a lift the flap or two, and there's a lever to pull to make something happen, like a ghost head will pop up or a portrait will change in front of you. Uh, and there's, uh, there's a wheel or two that you can turn for a small effect, like make the ghost eyes move around. Uh, the book really has a lot of charm, uh, especially from the low-tech type effects that sort of mirror what happens in the mansion, as well as the interpretation of the classic scenes. Uh, there's even a stretching room effect, which is kind of neat. That's pretty awesome. You just do it over and over and over again until you break it. Um, 
So one of my initial thoughts on the book is that it would be a great way to introduce a young child to the Haunted Mansion and may help allay any of their fears. And, you know, I've talked to some adults, I won't mention any names, that have visited the Magic Kingdom many, many times, but have never ridden the Haunted Mansion because they're afraid of it. So that was crazy. I can ride the Haunted Mansion. And George uh, hates everything scary. I hate everything scary. Uh, you know, it, this this could be a book that sort of works for, you know, somebody that might be a little afraid of the venerated attraction. Uh, and it could also be a great book to talk about the attraction after riding it, you know, to discuss how the ride made them feel or their favorite scenes or just give them something to reminisce, you know, through the book. Okay, so the book is a pop-up book, as I've said like 15 times so far in the review, and there are a lot of delicate pieces. There are flaps, there are levers, um, there are strings, there are things that are just simply not going to stand the test of time. Uh, it, the book was sold originally for $4.99 and now going anywhere from $20 to $90 online. That sounds about right with inflation. Yeah, not only with inflation, but the fact that, you know, it's a pop-up book. Yeah. So kids are going to destroy it. The copies aren't going to stay pristine. Sorry, what, what kind of a book is it? It's a, it's a pop-up book. Oh, okay. I just want to be sure. I didn't... I didn't <laughs> Which I, didn't I, think our, I think our friends over in England would call that a turnover. Is it a turnover? Isn't that what they call Like we'd call a cherry turnover. They call it a pop-up. I have... I don't know. Are you talking about desserts now? Making stuff up. Yes. What yes, about pancakes? Do, our, do you want some pancakes, Carly Murphy? <laughs> Brought it back around. That's what I do. <laughs> yes, you did. Good job. So, you know, it's 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 a really neat book. I love what they did to uh, recreate some of this, the classic show scenes that we love so much. There's cute little details with levers and switches. There's one scary rat that I didn't like, though. He comes out from under the table. The ballroom scene kind of scared me. I don't remember that in the actual mansion. I know. They took a little leeway, I think, with it. Fair enough. Uh, but, you know, if you're a Haunted Mansion collector, you definitely need to buy this one. If you're a big fan of the, the spooky house, you need to buy it. Um, buying it for your kid to enjoy it, yeah. But, you know, just tell them they'll be grounded. George said they'll be grounded if they break the book. <laughs> they break the flaps. We don't want to do that at all. So, okay, so this week's book was Disney's Haunted Mansion, the pop-up book by Chuck Murphy. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. <laughs> and now for the five-headed goat for the Halloween episode. So, in the Tower of Terror at Disney California Adventure, you'll find a face that may surprise you. No, not George's face, though that does surprise me sometimes, too. <laughs> not a spooky one. Kind of depends on your point of view. But once you get into the boiler room, if you're taking the path that stays on the first floor, uh, you'll pass a bunch of dials on the, right, on the left-hand side that are right by the gigantic uh, boiler itself, by the desk. Now, one of these dials has a hidden face in it. And whose face is it? None other than the other mustache, Burt Reynolds. <gasps> Not Tony Baxter, Burt Reynolds. So, Spooky. You see, when Disney bought a lot of these dials wholesale when they were designing the ride, uh, that one just happened to have Burt Reynolds' face in it, and they just left it in there. So <laughs> Burt Reynolds is officially part of canon for the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror? That is scary. He. It's kind of like the end of The Shining, where Jack has always been there, even though it's, you know, the the pictures from the, the 20s, but it takes place in the 70s. So... 
that Burt Reynolds has always been there, even though he's from the <laughs> 70s too, and this takes, you, you know what I'm saying? One of those, okay. No, but no. I'm sure somebody is following along at home. Uh, so. I, I hope they are, because okay. I, I lost track of that ghost train. <laughs> Ooh! Um, so that wasn't spooky enough for you. Let's continue on the Tower of Terror goat train. Um, so when you're exiting the ride, You'll either head down a hallway into a gift shop, or you have to go down a flight of stairs. It depends on, on which part you exit at. Either way, you will pass the stairs, whether you go down them or you're walking past one. And if you're looking back toward where you just exited, and you look underneath the stairs to the right, you'll see a group of boxes. And if you look closer, you'll see a pair of legs sticking out from behind the boxes, kind of alluding to the fact that some poor soul was dead tired at the hotel, and he decided to take a rest under the stairs. You see what I did there? That's scary. It is scary. Not it only is. the pun, but... The fact that there's a dead legs. body there. Yes. Ooh, yeah. spooky. So, uh. hat tip to my buddy Roscoe Soul Train yet again, because he actually pointed out that Burt Reynolds wants me, and I had never seen or heard of that before, so that mm. was pretty sweet. And then he reminded me about the body under the stairs. Uh, so, thank you, Mr. Soul Train. It's hilarious that those things exist in the Tower of Terror, and that's officially canon. Burt Reynolds. Cool. Uh, I'm glad to know Roscoe's a real person. He is a real person. Cool. I just thought he was like a Facebook identity, and that nope. was it. He's a real. He's oh. the real deal. He's awesome. not spooky at all. Fantastic. Like this episode. But he could be. He could be spooky. Totally could he, be spooky. He could be part of the Communicore Weekly Haunt. He... Oh, that'd be great. Roscoe actually does a cartoon called The Goobers, which uh, ah. I would do a voice on, which you guys should check out. Maybe they could be part of the haunt, too, because they're kind of scary. Okay. Now oh, this is just see it's growing already. It is growing already. I'm I'm planning this for next year's. We should do a virtual audio haunt for a virtual audio haunt next year. I'm audio being only. Scary in your ear. In spookyophonic sound. Yes, <laughs> next year we promise it'll be in spookyophonic sound. If I can figure this out when I edit this, I'm in your left ear now. Now I'm in your right ear. Now I'm back in your left ear. Now I'm in your... No, I'm not going to have enough time. I was going to say, you're not going to edit that. I'm it's going to be like, hey, I'm in both your ears right now. Yeah. And okay. that's the best we can get. Let's forget that I did that, guys. I apologize. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will take you guys to the end of our third annual Halloween episode. And we hope you guys enjoyed watching and listening to it. Yes. If you did, please leave us a comment. Give us a rating on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Yes, and email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com with your spooky stories. Yes, and of course, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. It's all Halloweenified over there now. All our Halloween pictures are up. I changed everything today. So, like a little house cleaning? Uh, sort of, but with Like more what they cobwebs. do on the mansion where they make it scarier and spookier and dirtier. Yeah, and yeah I don't take the cobwebs off. I, I put them on. Put them up. Okay. Yeah. All right, well... Good. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imaginerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. And of course, give us a call on the Communicore Weekly Ghost Line at 424-785-4628. Yes, and uh, it's not scary, but you can pretend it is. Well, it will be scary if you don't buy Communicore Weekly the musical. It's scary for it's scary to us. us, because then the darkest yes. timeline comes into play, and that's, that's pretty true. scary. But yes, you can uh, grab your copy of Communicore Weekly the Musical on CD Baby, Amazon, or iTunes, or listen for free on Spotify, not Spotify. Always Again, with the pies, unless it's pumpkin Spotify. pie to fit in with the Halloween theme. Yeah, that, that works. Spotify or Google Play. Oh, grab yeah. It. And of course, visit the Communa store at CommunicoreWeekly.com. Click on the store link where you can purchase t-shirts such as the Ghost Whistle. Woo! <laughs> 
I'm glad you said that because I was going to have to if you didn't. So. I had to get one more in, guys. One okay, more. well, quota for the year. Thank you, guys, for joining us. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening to the third annual Halloween episode. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the spookiest online show. Bye.